1: Hey, listeners you are listening to chewing the scenery horror movie podcast we are a podcast where three friends get together and talk about a movie and uh we're doing that virtually until further notice and we thank the moon rays for giving us that song intro creature features at the top of the show you can find the music on apple music or amazon where you can buy it digitally and say hello to them on facebook where they are the moon rays And we, three, made a coloring book, Plan 9 from Outer Space Coloring Book. You can go to plan9coloringbook.com. That is plan and the number nine, coloringbook.com. And uh, there's a click through to Etsy to where you can buy our coloring book and color stuff. If you order now, I'm going to send you some extra stuff. There, I said it. Um, Now.
0: Not COVID-19.
1: Well, you know, I don't have any control over uh, the invisible, so anything could happen. As um, far as I know, I'm not sick.
0: Like ghosts or love?
1: Yeah, or angels. That you know, same category. <laughs> um, so since last time... Do you think th- angels
0: are UFOs?
1: <laughs> Wasn't that something George Nori surmised?
0: Yeah, I think it was actually, do you think UFOs are angels?
1: Yes, 100%.
2: Unidentified feathered objects. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: That's why they had the desk. You know,
0: I see UFOs all the time. Yeah. I've been seeing UFOs all the time. I'm sitting, I've am sitting. i been sitting in the backyard a lot lately, and uh, I've been seeing a lot. Usually, they disappear the second I turn my head and realize they're airplanes. Uh huh. Oh, that's how they yeah. get here. Second, they are UFOs.
1: Yeah, yeah. As soon as you identify them, they're no longer unidentified. Yeah. Oh.
0: They're. they're and un- bats. I have bats, too.
1: Which sometimes you're not sure they're bats, therefore, they are un- unidentified flying objects as well. Yeah. Or really tiny pteranodons. So. Yeah. Uh. Do either one of you want to start the recently watched? Uh,
0: I think I went first
2: last time. Oh, wait. Spoiler Uh, warning. Yeah, I I can do mine real quick. I've I've not watched anything. Oh, okay.
1: (laughs) That's easy. Um, I forgot to give the spoiler warning. Listeners, we will spoil the movies we talk about, except we will try to not spoil recently watched, but...
0: We also didn't introduce ourselves.
1: I'm Richard. I'm here with Will. Hello, and Jolien. Lou. All right, Will. Do you want to do the recently watched?
2: No, Jolien's doing it. I thought you, <laughs> yeah, you watched nothing. Yeah, I watched. Uh, they live. Uh, we watched a couple episodes of uh, Return of Ultraman, um, and that's about it. I've been just doing other stuff. Oh, I,
1: th- I thought ah, I thought your recently watched was literally drawing, nothing.
2: <laughs> Yeah, I'm still waiting for that TV show thing to come in. That's a week late. Hmm. Um, hmm. So I've, I've just been finishing up other stuff and uh, get it out of the way and get some money, hopefully. Because <laughs> like, yeah. after, after the events of last week, I was like, uh, yeah, I'm not going to make the rent. <laughs> so i uh, been doing ow. little uh, things I can get money for in, in the short term yeah all legal
1: doing some crimes yep. <laughs> yeah I thought you literally meant watch nothing
0: out of the back of his house
1: <laughs> hey I know people who do that um, but you but you didn't yeah. you didn't watch literally nothing you watched they live and ultraman
2: yeah just a couple of TV shows yeah yeah um, all right that they, they got a new trailer out for the gamma box set which has they actually show some of my artwork on it for the first time.
1: That is so cool. <laughs> oh, excellent.
2: Um, and they use the original Gamera song for it. Like previously, they've been using this kind of generic monster movie theme uh, to make it sound all modern and uh, hide the fact that most of the films in the series are from the 60s, early 70s. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, but this time, they're actually using the original you know, Gamera song from the. Why would you want to hide
0: the fact
2: that, you know? I think it's for for a general audience. You know, makes them makes them look like they're a, you know, a big uh, recent box office spectacular.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think they're kind of charming.
2: Oh yes, me too. You
0: know, uh, crazy. I think the my favorite one, and I don't know the subtitle, that they go to some planet. Mm-hmm. And there's monsters fighting. And there's some old right. English kid who talks about traffic accidents all the time.
2: Yeah, that's the one where Gamora swings around a uh, yeah, around a pole. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. fantastic. <laughs> it was on Comet, in fact, just the other day. Right, it happened to turn the TV on when the the Blu-ray player. I haven't watched over the air television in forever. I can't
2: take it anymore. But uh, that was on. Yep. That's the one that has uh, his, his, uh, his enemy monster is called Gion, which is named after Guillotine. And it's this uh, four legged creature with a huge knife blade for a head. head. Yeah. And it can, yeah. it can fire a little shuriken out of its nostrils. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yep.
1: And I do like that your uh, that your anatomical drawings explain how such things happen.
2: Yeah, I I figured it out. It's all scientifically accurate.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, no, those are documentaries.
1: (laughs) Speaking of which, did you end up watching Stuffed, Will?
0: Did I watch what?
1: Stuffed, the one about the taxidermists.
0: Oh no, we forgot about it.
1: Oh man.
0: We got all excited about it and then we forgot.
1: (laughs) Promptly forgot. Uh, Yeah,
0: well, Gene's usually doing something in the evening, so our movie time has been reduced. Yeah. And uh, what are you fiddling with there? Me? Yeah.
1: Oh, my notes.
0: Oh, okay, because it seems like, oh, you're you're tuning my voice
1: hurt oh no no it's as good as it's gonna get
0: with the eq or something (laughs) i wish we had
1: a mixer board for all this yeah
0: Uh, i was gonna say there's not much to do
1: yeah i'm just gonna fade this up a little bit and mess okay mess with the mids a little (laughs) yeah
0: Yeah, uh no we we promptly forgot about stuff so we'll have to watch that
1: oh i think you're gonna enjoy Uh, it what else did you watch
0: yeah I watched, uh, uh, Deadly Duel, Duo, from 1961. This is a sort of noir, really, really late.
1: Yeah. really
0: early neo-noir, I don't know. You Uh, you cut
1: off at 1960, right?
0: uh, Yeah, about 1960, so. Uh, anyway, uh. This one uh, does have a uh, trope I like in uh, noir. I like it in just any fictional thing because it's something that I don't think could happen in real life, at least not now, Uh, perhaps before photographs were widely distributed, but the double where somebody has a twin. This one, they're literal twins. The next movie I'll talk about is the better... Trope, I think, but uh, uh, this guy, uh, kind of easy, hard, down on his luck lawyer, hard scrabble lawyer, hired by a rich woman to convince her daughter in law, who married her son, who's recently dead. Are you following?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: <laughs> basically, the rich lady wants to buy her grandson from the daughter-in-law and write the daughter-in-law out of the life because they've never met but he, she's sure since she was a, a dancer in a club she's trash uh, and grandson is her only living heir and she wants to train him to, to run the company so the lawyer agrees he goes down finds out that the mom is pretty nice actually um But she has a twin sister who's the... Well, she's just really schemey, along with her husband. And uh, they decide to uh, bump the good sister off and sell off the grandson. And I won't tell you how it ends, but... It's... I don't know. Uh, It's one of those... It's a little dull. It's Pretty cheaply done. Not that that's bad. I watched a, another cheap, uh, real cheap one that was pretty good. Um, I don't know. It was pretty short, but it could have been shorter. Or perhaps the ending could have been a little less upbeat. Uh, it seemed a little too pat when it, you know, wraps itself up. Uh, Moving on, the next movie with a duo, a uh, double, uh, The Doppelganger is uh, Scalpel from 1977. Now, this is well out the noir range. Uh, Could be a horror movie, maybe. Uh, Kind of 70s horror movie. Um, A doctor whose daughter has run away from home um uh decides to give a poor woman he finds one night on his drive home whose face has been beaten in uh, she's unrecognizable decides to give her her or his daughter's face. he's a plastic surgeon and he's real arrogant. that's like the first line he says I mean, they start off with 50. um anyway, so, uh, because she he convoluted reasons, uh, his daughter is the only heir to uh, a vast fortune when granddad dies. So he decides to make this, oh, damn, my internet connection is unstable. I don't know if I'm frozen like you guys are, but I'll wrap it up here. Uh, anyway, some sick characters in this. Kind of sick uh, plastic surgery bits. Um, I enjoyed this. It's not good, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, moving on, I... Uh, yeah, I don't know if any of this is getting through.
2: Yeah, we're, we're good. I can hear you, I just don't have visual.
0: Oh, okay. well, I turned my video off, but mm-hmm. I don't know if my voice is all broken up.
1: Or- no, no. Oh, okay. It was good.
0: And then I watched No Man's Woman from 1955. This is another low-budget quasi-noir movie. Noir light? I don't know. Uh, it has Marie Windsor in it, who so I really like um, She's in a lot of low-budget films. Swamp Diamonds, uh, Hell's Half Acre. Wasn't she a narrow,
2: um, narrow margin?
0: Yeah, narrow margin. She's like six feet tall. You can't miss her. Right. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, it probably kept her from getting a lot of roles, um, as I'll discuss with somebody later in another movie I watched. Anyway, uh, this one's pretty good. It's the first. She plays a really evil woman um, who won't give her husband a divorce, which was a thing in those days. You, you had to get both parties to agree. There was no no fault of divorce. So uh, anyway, basically, she's an awful person, and there's a bunch of people that could have killed her. Uh, the second half just wraps it up too quickly. It's sort of unsatisfying once she gets shot halfway through. Uh, moving on, I watched another cheap noir. All noir, just about. Um, Decoy from 1946. This is a pretty hard one to find. Um, this is really good. I like it. It's not perfect. It is a definite B movie. Um, it's a group of, it's a heist of sorts. Uh, a bank robber or a armored car robber is in prison. He shot the driver, so he's been given the death penalty. He uh, won't tell anyone where the, where the treasure's buried, because he hid it before he got captured, all the money he stole from the car, the armored car. Um, so his girlfriend concocts a plot to hire a doctor to give him a drug that will revive him after being put in the gas chamber. It's a real drug, but you have to take it before you get cyanide poisoning. It wouldn't work afterwards. You'd be dead. But Hmm. anyway, it's a noir and they often have little contrivances. Uh, So the
1: logic can be fuzzy like that and it's okay.
0: Yeah. The logic can be fuzzy. Sometimes it's better if you don't know who killed the chauffeur. Right. Uh, You know, uh, this one's really good, though. Uh, yeah, I remember that one. It's got problems. One of the problems being the lead actress, who is ice cold, femme <sighs> is not the best actress. Um, she has a very proper British accent, which betrays her sort of uh, hard scrabble upbringing she's supposed to have. Hmm. Um, her delivery is a little off. Um, it could be a little tighter in places. But otherwise, it's it's pretty good. It's up there with noir. I like this one a lot. It is probably an A, B movie, if you can say that. Uh, the next one I watched was The Blue Dahlia, which I finally got to see. Uh, this is why I brought up uh, *Marine Windsor's Six Feet Tall, because... Uh, Alan, really? Ladd Alan Ladd stars in this with <laughs> Veronica Lake. I didn't realize they were both tiny, tiny people like Tom Cruise. Really? And, uh, yeah, Alan Ladd was only five foot six. Yeah, he's he's famously Lake short, isn't he? Was four eleven. What? What? Left in a drawer. I don't know about the drawer part. Lived in a dollhouse. <laughs>
1: Oh wow, that's that's surprising, and yeah. it goes to show that still photos and even movies—it's all a matter of camera angle, isn't it?
0: Well, what's funny is in this movie, uh, Alan Ladds accused of killing his wife. He's uh, returned home from uh, from the, the Pacific Theater of World War II, and his wife is basically like. I mean, she flat out says it. I'm, I'm dating other people. You can hang out if you want, but, uh, <laughs> I'm going to drink a lot and I'm seeing a guy who owns a club, you know, whatever you want to do, you want to do. So he takes a walk, but, uh, he's accused. she turns up dead. He's accused of it. Um, and I forgot where I was going.
1: So is that, is that Veronica Lake's character?
0: No, Veronica Lake is uh, turns up by coincidence. A
1: coincidence in a
0: noir. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> he runs when after he goes for a walk. He runs and he's walking in the rain. He gets picked up by the very club owner that his wife's dating. Wife,
1: hmm. who is
0: also kind of like they're both have a relationship that's like whatever, you know. Yeah. You want to hang out? Sure. <laughs> I'm going to see other people, though. Uh, so, uh, anyway, yeah, I finally got to see this one. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. Uh, since he's on the lam, Alan Ladd is on the lam, they give his uh, his description over the radio, you know, be on the lookout for so-and-so. He killed his wife. They give his height is one. <laughs> Which later in the movie you can tell there's no way that man's six one. He, I figured he was short, but I didn't think he was shorter than myself.
2: Maybe it's him and uh, Veronica Lake in a raincoat.
0: Yes, <laughs> I think so.
1: Oh God.
0: So, uh, yes, his wife evidently the lady who played his wife, and I don't have her name here. She was taller than he was. So in their scenes, he objected to being in the same scene with her. So he, they, they fixed it. So he was either laying down or standing in the foreground and she was in the background.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. You know, you can always, yeah, you, often did, you often did movies where they'd like dig a hole for the actress or, uh, he'd be on a box or he'd, uh-huh. he'd, he'd often wear platforms.
1: Then forced perspective.
2: Forced perspective. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Alan Ladd was just like one of those grasshoppers. He was acting in front of a postcard. Yes. They punched some holes in it and shined a candle behind it to look like cars are moving on the street. Yeah.
2: Yeah. If he'd just been honest, he would have made sure people feel better. But yeah, he had to, he had to lie about it.
0: He did. I mean, he did go to war.
2: Mhm.
0: <laughs> Uh, and then finally, I watched uh, "He Ran All the Way" from 1951 with yeah. uh, John Garfield and uh, Shelley Winters, and written by Dalton Trumbo
1: oh, and a wow. couple
0: other times that got blacklisted. Yeah, yeah. And uh, nobody, nobody did well after this film because John Garfield died, and <laughs> I guess Shelley Winters did all right. But uh, this is a good one. This is the, yeah. The trope of the killers hiding in the house, hiding out from the law, and he's got the family under his thumb. Um, Everybody's good in this one, and it looks fantastic. Cool. They have a kid actor who's not not annoying. (laughs) He does a really good job for being, like, nine years old, and... Is super
2: believable. Is he played by Alan Ladd? <laughs>
1: <laughs> he is. <laughs> they just slicked his hair back and gave him a uh-huh. lollipop.
0: <laughs> they put some freckles on him with a grease pencil
2: and
1: yeah, impossibly huge lollipop. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. He <laughs> smokes
2: a lot of cigarettes. <laughs> smokes cigarettes. Yeah.
1: Cigarettes and lollipops. The Alan Ladd story. <laughs> so was that it?
0: That is it, I believe.
1: You're not going to have any
0: Although it's
1: you're not going to have any noir left for November.
0: Oh, there there's a lot of noir out there. Although Maybe? I'm running out of ones that I've I've not seen on Prime. Uh, yeah uh,
2: I-, I wish I could lend you some French and Japanese stuff.
0: Ooh, that'd be good. I've been watching stuff on uh YouTube actually only because a lot of them aren't named. Right. So it just says film noir, an hour and, you know, 15 minutes, 20 <clears throat> minutes, and, uh, and a little black-and-white scene that unless you recognize the actor or actress, which are almost never in the little scene they show, uh, I don't recognize them, so I just play them. And if I haven't seen it, I, I watch it. So yeah. uh, you know, And they're always short. They get to the point. That's why I, I think I like them the most.
1: <laughs>
0: They're so economical. Yes. You know, uh, Blue Dahlia just races through it. You get so much information. So does uh, a Decoy. And I, I feel like I've left a movie out, but I think Deadly Duo and Scalpel both having the, the double movie is making me combine them into a third that doesn't exist. Maybe I'll work on
1: that. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I guess it's on to me for recently watched. Yes. Yeah. All right. It's, um,
0: people are still listening.
1: Well, yeah. You know, what else are they going to do? You know, go back to work. Probably not. Um, so I'll be doing that soon myself. Um, now I'll, first one I'll talk about, and there's no, there's no worries for spoilers because, it's a documentary, but, um, I watched the, uh, 2019 documentary stuffed. This is, Will, you're going to be happy to hear this an hour and 24 minutes. And, uh, it came out in late 2019 back before everything went to hell. This is a look into the the world. <laughs> it's of, fine back then. Yeah. Everything was cool. Yeah. Good times. Nothing, right. nothing could go wrong. Um, <laughs> this is a, a look into the world of uh, taxidermy and the artists who are like top of their game and from varied backgrounds who, um, who take, uh, animals and everybody in this does this thing ethically. They're not out like, um, Hey, I'm going to just hit this, uh, magnificent swan with a shovel and then go make it look like it's alive after I killed it. They don't do that. Um, Actually, one of the guys is a hunter but he does eat what he kills and then sometimes taxidermies what he kills. But uh for the most part these are people who take uh animals that were that were uh that died naturally or that were um or that were committed killed. of
0: capital offenses. Yeah. committed capital offenses. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's, uh, criminal animals or, you know, suicidal animals, but, uh, it's really super interesting and the cinematography is gorgeous. Um, this, this thing looks great and they do take you all over the world and you get to meet a lot of different kinds of people. And, um, I would say if you have the, the least bit of interest in this subject, I just said, Oh, look at this. I'm just going to go ahead and start it. Cause you know how it is when you're in prime or Netflix or any of these things and you, you scroll for 45 minutes and then you can't find something you want to watch. And then you, then you spent all that, all that time you could have been watching something just scrolling and nope, nope, nope. And I finally just said, Hey, there's something I'm going to watch it. I'm glad I did. It's beautiful. And it's um, super interesting. And it's impressive. If you've been to any major museums and you've seen, these dioramas where they'll have like a bunch of water Buffalo or something. And it's this massive case with a lot of attention paid to the background painting and the plants and the rocks and everything, which those things have to be accurate and, and um, convincingly faked. But then you get all these lifelike gestures and expressions on the animals. So uh, I recommend that one pretty highly. And, um, and I'm not a, I'm not pro animal cruelty or anything, and this is not about people who are cruel to animals. So, having said that, it's a good watch. Um,
0: All these animals that tried to rob an armored car and shot a guy.
1: Yeah, and that's animal. They
0: thought they were going to get away with it because they (laughs) took a chemical to revive them after death, but then they were taxidermied. Yeah. Are there anybody who's at the bottom of their game in this?
1: Oh man. That's
0: where I want
1: for the listeners, for the listeners who don't know this. And I want to say this was some Danish King or somebody um, had this taxidermist um, get a, I want to say maybe not the skeleton, but for sure the hide from a lion. (laughs) If you look up, terrible taxidermy lion or something like that you'll find it but it was some king had a lion taxidermied and it is so awful it's the worst work you've ever seen in fact oh man um, i'm gonna google it right now so i can just tell everybody amateur
0: taxidermy now that the movie
1: (laughs) okay hold on a second Uh, it's everyone (laughs) here it is oh my god it's the lion of Gripsholm, G R I P S H O L M. This is Sweden, okay? Um the uh <laughs> you got to see this thing. It is so remarkably bad. Um it's uh in the Museum of Gripsholm Castle in Sweden. The lion is badly stuffed and has a comically unrealistic face. Um this was in 1731. Um King Frederick of Sweden uh was given a lion and it was one of the first lions in Scandinavia. When alive it was kept near uh Junibaken. When the lion died it was stuffed and mounted. However, the taxidermist and museum keepers had never actually seen a lion and didn't know how they were supposed to look. So it's anatomically inaccurate and the face is ridiculous. <laughs> so look up the lion of Gripsholm and that that will rock your world so um what so if
0: they were accurate
1: if lions look like this no one would be af- nobody <laughs> just that one. nobody would be afraid of them
0: <laughs> just that one happened to look like that and now those poor men who devoted their lives to taxidermy look like fools
1: yeah well i don't know give the thing a look tell me if you think that's even possible now um Most of our listeners, I'm going to guess, aren't big sports fans at all. And I'm not anymore at all. Uh, And I used to be. (sighs) Jolien, do you watch uh, soccer or football, as you would call it in the UK? Did I used to? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I used to watch uh, big games and uh, rugby more than soccer.
1: Yeah. And uh, Will, you're a baseball fan, right? Or at least Baseball. I used to be a
0: football fan, but American football. Uh, I, I, I mean, I like soccer too, but uh, I can't watch NFL anymore.
1: Yeah. It's too many millionaires who are just doing whatever it is they do. Well, I used, I used to... No, it's
0: not even that, but I, <laughs> I don't want to get into it. A lot of it is just too many commercials.
1: The yeah. Whole... Yeah, that's a thing too. Yeah. Um, so ah. I, I used to watch a lot of... Um, NBA games, basketball, and, uh, being from Chicago, the Bulls were my team and they, back when I was watching games at, at first, they weren't winning at all ever. And then they signed this rookie named Michael Jordan. And of course things started to change. And, uh, I watched this documentary series called the last dance. And this is about the Chicago Bulls history of, uh, getting to their first championship and winning it winning three in a row, Michael Jordan, going off to play baseball and then, uh, coming back to win three in a row again. So they did two, three Pete's and there's a lot of great interviews and some things I wouldn't have guessed were as far as behind the scenes stuff. Um, I didn't know that Michael Jordan, I thought, well, he's probably really kind to his teammates. And it turned out now nah, he's a bit of a tyrant. <laughs> He he was all about winning, and if people weren't working as hard as him, he'd yell at them and shame them and whatever. But to to the uh, to the end of of winning games, I guess it was important to him. Um, still very sportsmanlike in a lot of ways, but uh, this series is ten episodes long. They average about forty eight minutes or so, and uh, it's currently on Netflix. I really enjoyed watching all the behind the scenes stuff and getting some of the backstories. Cause I watched closely, um, especially after they started to turn it around and, and um, win their division. And then sometimes win the national championship uh, or world championship, as they call it. And um, there were some things that you were like, what the hell happened here? You know, what, what, what's going on behind the scenes. And then you find out some of the stuff like what did Dennis Rodman do what was the big issue here? Or did somebody deliberately give Michael Jordan food poisoning in uh, Utah in Salt Lake city? And yeah, they did. Um, and that's a great little subplot to one of the episodes is that Jordan came back from, he could barely walk and he was just sick as a dog to, he scored like a, like a maniac and they won the game. So, those pizza guys, I don't know what they did to his pizza, but they made him really sick. And I remember watching that game saying, I thought it was like room service at the hotel or something. Anyway, so um, if you like this sort of thing, it's it's pretty captivating and the interviews are great. And uh, there are some stories where people don't agree or they have different versions of how things went down. But nonetheless...
0: Like Rashomon. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, that's it for my recently watched. I, I think I started a, Uf- wasn't there a
0: basketball player in Rockshamon?
1: I don't know. <laughs> um, so other than that, I did watch hell comes to Frogtown and I did review some of they live. Although I watched it recently. Um, I did some scene selection on that.
2: Um, Can we uh, also mentioned, uh, this weekend we lost, uh, Olivia de Havilland. Mm hmm. Oh, uh, not a horror person, although she was in Hush Hush, Hush Hush, Sweet Charlotte, uh huh, and she did a TV movie called uh, The Screaming Woman, based off a Ray Bradbury story. Uh, but she was in a she was in a noir called The The Dark Mirror,
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah, seen that one. And she was also in The Snake Pit, where she's uh, she's in an asylum.
1: Right, I've not seen that one.
2: Uh, yeah that's a good one uh, and she's in The Swarm and uh, she was in Airport 77 but uh, yeah she, she's she's uh, she came to fame for uh, The Adventures of Robin Hood and uh, Gone with the Wind it um, you know, was like 105? 104 yeah um, oh so close and also today we lost uh, John Saxon yeah
0: oh yeah. Sweet. I thought he had already died
2: <laughs> yeah, well, he, he, he took some special drugs. <laughs> um, so he's in uh, Enter the Dragon, which is you know, awesome, one of my favorite films. And uh, he's in Black Christmas, which is the best Christmas horror movie ever made. Uh, he's in three of the Elm Street films. Uh, he's in uh, Tenebrae, which is the last Argento movie I love. Uh-huh. And he is in the first uh, Jello, as we know it, uh, The Evil Eye.
1: Yeah.
2: from 1963, uh-huh.
0: Mario Bava. Yeah. Oh, so man, that, that's a shame.
2: Pretty major. Yeah, oh, I had some j and I'd drink some. Right. <laughs> we we should drink some J&B in his honor and watch some uh, watch some good Italian stuff.
1: So, Will, tell us how you found Hell Comes to Frogtown.
0: Uh, I think I said last week it came up on Prime as a movie I'd like. Uh... <laughs> And uh, I had heard of it probably shortly after it came out, but I'd forgotten about it until it popped up again. And I was like, oh, yeah, I never watched that. So I watched it, and that's that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Your life is complete.
0: My life is complete. It was no Lost Empire, but I enjoyed
1: it. (laughs) Well, did you, uh, did you recognize the woman who, um, uh, Sandal Bergman? Um, no. Okay. Uh, she played Spangle. Uh, she was in uh, uh, Conan the Barbarian. Right. Oh, okay. So she's like six feet tall, right?
0: She's gotta be. Yeah.
1: I mean, she, you know, and of course they had to do some special filming because I'm told that Arnold isn't very tall.
2: He's not.
1: No. So I don't know. We sound like we're height shaming people in this episode. And I really don't. <laughs> we are. I don't think we mean to do that, but
0: can you put in short people here? <laughs> right. <laughs> this is the clip, not 20 seconds, 19 seconds of short people right here.
1: Right. Um, it's, I hear it. It's probably, it's probably copyright. For As a right short
0: now. person, it's okay for me to make fun of short people. I'm going to take that.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Um,
0: and if anyone gets that upset, they can take a baby aspirin. <laughs> get over it.
1: So um, this movie stars uh, Roddy Piper, also known as Rowdy Roddy Piper, as Sam Hell. He was only
0: three and a half feet tall.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was he was knee high to the female lead on this one. Um, he lost his daughter in the nuclear war. And now he's just roaming around the wasteland, um, getting it on. And, uh, he's captured by some people who work for the government. The, uh, what do they call it? The, uh, um, anyway, they provisional government, provisional government. That's what I'm trying to think of. Uh, so some people from the provisional government capture him and put a sort of chastity belt on him. Yeah. Because he's the last fertile human. Man, last fertile man on Or Earth. one of them. Yeah, and they're going to use him. The as, only one
0: they have.
1: They're going to use him as a stud. Yeah. So. so which
0: is a horrifying, horrifying premise.
1: Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> it's kind of like uh, that one episode of Futurama. Uh, Amazon women in the mood. <laughs> That's a great episode. It's got, I
0: think I remember that one.
1: Yeah. Me Wants snoo snoo. That one. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, so this is technically a science fiction film, isn't it? Yeah. Well, um, so you found this thing and you watched it. What did you think?
0: I thought it was pretty great. I mean, it's one of these, one of those movies that you're like, how did they get this made? Cause it, it, it's bizarre, for one, the storyline. Yeah. You know, who wrote this thing? But how did they get enough money for those frog suits? Yeah. You know? They say, you know, hell comes to Frogtown, But you don't think that they really mean frogs. You just think they're going to be, I don't know, generic movie mutants. Yeah. But no, they're, they're frog people who chew the scenery like no one's business. Oh, yeah. And uh, they look pretty good. So this thing had a budget.
2: Uh, Steve Wang did the uh, special makeup effects.
0: Excellent. Well, they were really good. I especially like the frog with the eye patch. Oh, yeah. Wow. He really, really chews the scenery. You know, there's problems with this film, though. It's not perfect. I know <laughs> you're going to say what?
1: Okay. Now uh, they, they, they chose an awesome vehicle to cruise around in. Cause, uh, I forget what the plot point was that they had to go to, uh, frog town, but, uh, they go in this, in this, well, uh,
0: frog town had captured a bunch of fertile female.
1: Oh, that's what those women were. Okay. And they, they
0: which the frogs are eating. Ooh, really? Yeah.
1: I, I don't remember that. Cause
0: no, at some point, they make reference to a frog owning them for, as sex slaves, and the frog says, oh, I'm not using them for sex, implying that he's eating them. Oh. I took it he was eating their legs because they're like frog legs.
1: Okay. Okay, got it. But
0: I don't know if that was really in there.
1: Okay, so it was, imp- uh, it was implied and I didn't catch it. Okay. Um, yeah. The the women uh who This is
0: a subtle film, you've gotta keep up.
1: <laughs> There's a lot of layers of
0: You're of, gonna be you know
1: a lot of new This nuance.
0: Labyrinthian plot that you're gonna have to put together. <laughs> you better be keeping notes. Uh
1: yeah, so the um the vehicle they chose was a nineteen forties wagon. That pink nineteen forties wagon in like uh pristine condition. I was going to say panel wagon, but it's actually got windows, um, which they put some sort of material over and they have a machine gunner who I thought could have been the female lead as well. Um, that was, uh, sec Varel, uh, playing the character of uh, Sentinella. That's a
0: star Wars character. You're reading the wrong IMDB page. <laughs> uh,
1: well, she was a machine gunner anyway. And, uh, yeah. We got, uh, we got both of these women when they camp out the first night, try to seduce, um, Sam hell. That is his name, right? Yeah. Sam hell.
0: Sometimes sci-fi is too unrealistic. I can't, yeah. I can't take it.
1: Yeah. I would agree. Um, so they're heading to frog town, which is, a you know, a, a pretty,
0: her pretty... dance is like the unsexiest thing I've ever seen. Oh
1: yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. When she, yeah. When she has that ridiculous poofy outfit on and does, yeah, it's terrible.
0: Oh, it's it's rough to watch.
1: Um, Julian, did you get to watch this one at all? No, you went straight into They Live.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Okay. I wasn't
0: gonna watch this again.
2: <laughs> <laughs> You've seen this, I assume. I, I saw it a long time ago.
1: Okay, so you, yeah, ha- you that's, have. That's no. Okay, you have seen the thing. Um. You could tell. You could just look in his face, and you can tell
0: that's a man whose seed help comes to front. End.
2: Yeah. <sighs>
1: yeah. Yeah. In the last, Empire. you have that
0: look now too. Uh, I mean, we all do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You can't unsee it. Um, no,
2: I, I remember quite being surprised. I liked it. Um,
1: oh yeah, I liked it a lot. I saw
2: it. I saw it a long time ago, and I thought I was. I was round some friend's house, and they said, "Oh, let's check this one out." I got this from the. know rented it or something and i thought i was you know another trauma movie with a you know a crazy title and a boring movie yeah right Right. to go with it but i i I enjoyed it and he's he's very good and uh he's you know for a character who's like this uh he's just playing this stud that everyone's after you that could be such a hateful character but he
0: oh yeah likeable yeah, he is. That was, yeah, I totally watching, sitting down to watch this movie. Like I said, I remember hearing about it and then, you know, forgotten over the years. Um, but Eugenie and I sat down and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to watch this. Uh, I heard about this movie and I put it on. And uh, I was worried that, yeah, it was going to be like a trauma film, you know, with Rowdy Rowdy Piper. And, and then you get the premise, which I had forgotten. And you're like, oh, this is going to be really, really hard to watch. <laughs> and no, it's actually pretty enjoyable because they don't take themselves completely seriously. And he's a slob and he knows that. Yeah, you know, totally. He's kind of a lovable slob. <laughs> you know, he knows he's not good looking or very sharp. Uh, these actors, if they had been just maybe 10 years earlier, or fifteen years earlier and hit in the seventies, they could have been stars. Yeah. But by the eighties, they were too ugly.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> um,
0: you know, the seventies love some unattractive people, It's just why I love the seventies.
1: Did either uh, did either uh, one of actors you... it
0: didn't matter if you were good looking or not.
1: Okay, what about wrestlers? I mean, I don't really know much of wrestling other than being like At a friend's house who was really into it and and just, you know, putting up with it, but I never really got into it and never cared about it. But, uh, even I knew who this guy was, rowdy, Roddy Piper. I had seen enough enough screen time.
0: Yeah. He was pretty popular. I remember he was a heel. So
1: yeah. Yeah. You
0: know, he would say awful things.
1: Uh, yeah. Sucker punch people in the middle of, you know, a non wrestling part of the show Mm-hmm. And, yeah, yeah. He was he was rude and mean and all that stuff. Obviously, it's you know, it's, it's showbiz. But uh, obviously,
0: it was all completely true. To care,
1: <laughs> all professional wrestling is real.
0: I get all my facts from professional wrestling.
1: <laughs> yep, and Fox News. <laughs> it's the same thing. Um, but as I don't know if he did much more than this, and and um, they live. But he was fun to watch. There was no, yeah. nothing wrong with having I him as a lead.
0: I don't really want to know if he did anymore. No. I'd probably have to watch him, but uh, <laughs> I really like the two movies I'm going to imagine he was in, and that was it, you know? And I really like those roles.
1: Yeah. Um, um,
0: oh, I was going to say the, the major problem with this film, though. Is that he gets a katana at the end of the movie. He yeah. chops off the frog's hand and then he's seen with it driving away. Uh no, you give the sword away at the beginning of the movie if you're gonna have the sword. Yeah. So, it's a Chekhov's katana. Yeah, exactly. You've you've read that book on <laughs> movie tropes. Yeah um did you guys Genre types.
1: did you feel like um like what they tried to do with Tank Girl they spent all that money and did whatever they did and they stylized it like crazy obviously but um this movie felt more yeah m- this movie felt more like Tank Girl should have felt
0: exactly I thought that too watching this okay was, why wasn't Tank Girl fun Tank Girl was just dreadful to watch awful
1: yeah i re- yeah i remember being so excited I everyone for
0: in that movie and it was just so disappointing to watch
1: yeah yeah even iced tea as a kangaroo didn't work
2: no <laughs> yeah we, we knew we knew jamie and and you know when i was at art college and
0: oh really
2: yeah um, yeah we were looking forward to that and it was just despised it
0: yeah i was really into the comic too and uh and uh Oh, the comic awful waited and waited. Yeah. Tank girl.
1: Yeah. The comic got expensive, like so immediately that I couldn't even. Get oh it. yeah. I, I was like, Oh, this sounds like something I would like. And I went to a comic book store and it was like $43 for issue one. I'm like, uh huh. Nope, I am out. I can't do it.
0: <laughs> and it's, I only got, uh, maybe an issue, maybe a book trade paperback. I don't remember now. Yeah. Uh, only because I worked at a comic book shop and got paid in comics, which <laughs> is how it works.
1: Yeah. This, um, this is all, if there's a subgenre for that kind of thing, this is a better part of it, I think. And, uh,
0: Hoka- post apocalyptic
1: comedy. Yeah. Unrealistic with somewhat decent special effects. Um, but yeah, it mid
0: tier post apocalyptic comedy.
1: Yeah. You know who you know who I suppose really enjoyed Tank Girl? Gwen Stefani, because she immediately started dressing like like the character. <laughs> <laughs> like literally everything she did for like the next uh, eight or ten years was like, Okay, well, there's Tank Girl singing a song.
0: There's Tank Girl. Yep. It's like, oh, these songs. She's tall, too. She's like 6'8". eight. Star <laughs> in concert one. Yeah? Yeah. She ran around for like two and a half hours and never stopped.
1: Wow. Yeah, some people... I don't have know that. how she did it. Some people have that energy. So... Yeah. When's the last time you watched They Live, Will?
0: Uh, It had been quite a while, so I watched it again today.
1: Oh, cool. Um, uh,
0: Rewatching it, I mean... Uh, There were little details I had forgotten about, Um, but uh, this was one that once we discovered it was on video, um, we had to watch it. Actually, I was thinking of it today. I went to some uh, pre-college, and then this was like seventh grade, so pre-pre-college, math nerd bullshit that they trucked us over to El Paso uh, on, like, a school day, which is probably why I signed up for it. It was, like, a Friday. We went over to learn how to take tests with a calculator, like a graphing calculator. Nice. Um, Yeah, with an abacus. (laughs) Everybody had learned to count to 12 by then. And uh, uh, anyway, we went, and during the break, uh, we were – my cousin and I, and maybe one or two other people, uh, met some other people from another school who were like, this is nonsense. I'm not going back in there to learn how to run a graphing calculator. Um, let's go run around. And we found some tunnels under the, uh, under the university, like the storm drain tunnel. And we went down there, and this kid was like, oh, this is just like the tunnels, and they live." And my cousin and I were like, what's that? And, uh, he told us the movie, uh, while we were down there in this really darkly lit tunnel, it was fantastic. Probably better than the movie could ever really be. But we ran home <laughs> and rented it that night. And we were both like, Oh my God, this is the best movie we've ever seen.
1: <laughs> it, it's funny. I was working in a video store when this came out on VHS and I, kick myself for letting this go over the years, but I had that oversized video box Oh uh, with the glasses didn't it have thing.
0: light up eyes.
1: It had lenticular um, lenses on the glasses.
0: Oh, that's it. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. So when you walk past it, it changed. Um, yeah. That's one of my big regrets in life was letting that go. <laughs> People will pay you oh. like hundreds of dollars for it. Now it's like, damn it. Of all the things, Julian, what about you? How'd you find they live? to start with.
2: How How did I find it? Yeah. I was just watching everything that came out from Carpenter.
1: Oh, yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, I
2: didn't, I wasn't that keen on it uh, first time around, but I've, I've, I like it more and more.
1: It ages well, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, d- definitely.
1: And yeah, they need
2: to remake this film. They uh,
0: tried. Did they? And get rid of all the aliens and just have rich people.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh. I think they announced it a couple of uh, oh, about f- about four years ago now they, they announced a remake and they were going to uh, take out all the political stuff.
0: But, oh, what the that's, fuck? That's, Make it
2: more accessible to general that's, audiences. audiences.
1: That's the point oh, of the no, movie. No,
2: no.
1: Like, okay. L- let me read this quote from John. Well, you have
2: to put on glasses and look at the people who wanted to remake it.
1: <laughs> exactly. They, they look even dumber when you're wearing the special glasses. Um, Let me read this quote from uh, John Carpenter that will that will say some of what you need to know about the movie. By the end of the 70s, there was a backlash against everything in the 60s, and that's what the 80s were. And Ronald Reagan became president and Reaganomics came in. So a lot of the ideals that I grew up with were under assault. And so by the late 80s, I'd had enough and I decided I had to make a statement as stupid and banal as it is but I made one and that's they live. I just love that. It was giving the finger to Reagan when nobody else would. So yeah, go John Carpenter. And, and, uh, yeah. And it, and it, uh, works today better than ever. I gotta say, but yeah, but the, um, the skull face aliens are the Reaganites. That's how it is. Um, I got to ask you both. Did you, when, um, when, uh, whatever Roddy Piper's character's name is um Nada Nada that's what he it is He doesn't have a name. That's yeah. Um yeah, when uh when Nada is uh at the newsstand when he first discovers the glasses and he's looking at all the magazines and the billboards and everything, did you spot the books the the paperbacks on the little rack of paperbacks behind him?
2: Uh there's a Charles Berlitz needed a triangle. Yep. Uh huh. There was an Edgar K C E
0: S P.
1: Uh huh. What was the other one? It was two of a kind, and I, I freeze framed it, and I couldn't read the tagline under it. But uh... Ugh. what do you think? Do you think that was like any kind of a statement, <laughs> or was that just fun? Set- no, it was
0: a- coincidence. Well, like a noir,
1: <laughs> right? I mean, was it just fun set decoration or is this or is this making some sort of a point?
0: Hmm, I don't know.
1: <laughs> All right. I'm looking this up two of a kind. I, I just uh, let's see. Mm, two of a kind book. It's gonna, not going to be easy. Let's see. Nope.
0: Yeah, uh, you're not going to point.
1: Apparently there was a whole series of them uh, from Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. Oh, God.
0: Oh, wow.
1: This is wretched.
0: Time-traveling books.
1: Uh, this is not good. Ugh. Okay. Now yeah. you're
0: on some list.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, they're over 18 now, so I, I doubt that the you FBI... they still
0: go on a list because they look like orangutans.
1: yeah <laughs> all right i don't see anything that looks like the cover cut
0: that out that was terribly mean it was hard uh, right yeah young women that have made a lot of money for themselves
1: didn't one of them date marilyn manson for a while or some shit like that
0: uh, i don't want to think about that that's yeah. disgusting
1: <laughs> that is disgusting so anyway um oh. so other than the fact that that uh the it's pretty heavy-handed with the the symbolism and whatnot. Um, it still works. It's still pretty cool. I think, I mean, did you guys? Yeah. I mean, even though you don't need it to be that obvious and that big, it it could be more subtle than that. But this, for some reason, I think really works.
0: No, I, I think it works because it's
2: big and in your face. (laughs) Yeah. Um, what about the, the other thing is that what what he's seeing is it, it's a different film stock and it's in black and white, so it uh, it's uh, because Reagan is harking back to a golden age, which is, in America is usually sometime in the 50s. Yeah, yeah. And then in the in the movie, you get a couple of glimpses of 50s science fiction films uh, like the Monolith Monsters. So he, uh-huh. he's kind of uh, so he he's he he knows that back in the 50s uh, people watching these movies, which were all about how paranoid and fearful they were at the time. You know, it wasn't a golden age of peace and quiet. Uh, back then anyway. So, yeah.
1: So Julian, you mentioned that story by Ray Nelson, eight in the morning or eight o'clock in the morning,
2: eight o'clock in the morning, 1963.
1: Yeah. So what's that? I mean, is, how close is that to this?
2: It's, it's very close. It's a very uh, short, short story. Uh, so he uh, he goes to uh, theatre and sees this hypnotist, and the, uh, uh, he he goes under, and the hypnotist wakes up everybody, but he's woken up too much, oh. and he's he sees people in the audience that look different, and uh, uh, in in the in the story they're multi-eyed reptile people, um, so he's seeing all these. What's actually the messages coming over the TV and so on? Um, so it is pretty close. And he has a he has a girlfriend who refuses to uh, put on the glasses, um, and he he eventually goes to the uh, station to destroy the transmission, Right. and uh, oh. yeah, ends ends up much the same way. It's a lot closer than I would have guessed. <clears throat> and then, and then uh, Ray Nelson did a comic version in 1986 with uh, art by bill ray really? and uh that's what carpenter read
1: oh okay oh, cool did not know that um this one what i thought was was pretty interesting is like they, they could have cast this so differently and uh you know they they could have they could have gone for some much bigger names i mean not to say there was anything wrong with where Meg Foster was in her career or the popularity of Roddy Piper, but they could have picked all kinds of different like action hero type people for this. And uh, like, imagine like Bruce Willis in this role. I don't yeah, know. but
2: not, he, he was, he was, uh, he had this deal at the time um, where he could do what he liked for as long as he kept it to 3 million or less.
1: Right. Which is exactly, oh, so, yeah, exactly yeah, there's, the there's budget. There's no <laughs> way he was going
2: to afford Bruce Willis or anyone like that. Okay.
1: Yeah. That makes more sense. I didn't know about that. Um but yeah, it's exactly three million dollar budget. And it made thirteen million at the box office. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh Carpenter yeah, wasn't wrong. Successful. Yeah. Yeah. And you got uh Alan Howarth doing the music. You've got um not your typical uh cinematographer. You don't have Dean Kundi, but you have um
2: No, he he got on to Oscar movies and things like that.
1: Yeah. And so you got Gary Kibby or kib, I'm not sure how it's pronounced K I B B E. Um, but it looked great. I mean, he did good work. Uh, yeah. So what are your favorite, Jolien? What are your favorite scenes in this? I have to ask Uh, everybody this.
2: I, I really like more and more the, uh, the opening where it's like half an hour of him. He, you know, he drifts into town. He's come from Denver Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, he he comes into this. There's this no jobs here. Railway station, and he goes. So he's looking around for jobs, and he, uh, there's this great moment where uh, he he goes into the job office, and uh, he's sitting with that woman. And she tells him that they've got nothing for him, and he he does almost nothing. But you can just see his eyes die. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. This is really good. Um, and then he you know and he he uh, he goes to this. Construction site, and uh, he catches the eye of uh, the um, uh, was it Frank is the character's name, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Keith David. Frank. Guy. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, and obviously he catches his eye, and he's when he's he's working at uh, the site, and he's got his shirt off, and uh, you know, Frank uh, kind of picks him up and takes him back to uh, where he's staying. Um, yeah. Uh, so I think there's something going on there. Um, because he's, he's not pretty rude to Frank. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, they've become best buddies in the usual male fashion by beating each other to pulp. Um, yeah. that's what we did, isn't it? Yeah. It was those, those lunchtime fights at the art supply store.
1: Yeah. Like a six and a half, seven minute long brawl.
2: <laughs> yeah. I timed it actually. it's uh, I, I make it five minutes and nine seconds from first punch to last throwdown.
1: right. Now, here's a question for you guys. Did you notice that um, uh, what's his name uh, the the foreman uh, Roddy's buddy there? Um, Keith David. Frank? yeah, Keith David's yeah, character. yeah, Frank. Um, when when they they initially start the scuffle, his backpack is knocked off of his shoulder cause he's single strapping it and he kicks it out of his own way behind him and it lands in the dumpster juice. That's there's like,
0: oh, I mean,
1: the worst thing on planet earth is dumpster juice. And he, he just gets <laughs> mad and kicks his own backpack out of the way. And it's just like partially in that smells never coming out of that.
0: No, you got to throw that pack away.
1: Have either of you ever been to New York city? Yeah, I have. Is Were you there during summer?
0: Warm, oh, yeah.
1: Warm weather? Is there a smell of hot garbage in New York?
0: It I, was more okay. urany.
1: <laughs> okay. Because watching this scene, it made me think of uh, everything I've heard about New York. Is like, yeah, it's beautiful, and it's a city that never sleeps, and it's fantastic, but the hot garbage smell in summer. And I'm like, ooh, I know that one. I've walked past alleys before. And um yeah, uh, this just watching that, this scene made me think of that.
0: Yeah. When I was there uh the day I had to walk around when I wasn't in a convention was a uh, hundred degrees that day wow. and probably a hundred percent humidity. It was like swimming through soup. <laughs> it was awful. We just kept going into little galleries because they would have their air conditioner on full blast and yeah. you just had to like swim between stores basically <laughs> oh God. uh it was like being in an old gym sock or something
1: <laughs> yeah and this movie is set in la so you would assume it's probably like that year round in this particular part of town they were in
0: mm, yeah
1: just non-stop dumpster. still
0: made me want to move to la did it Yeah, no matter how grimy it looks, and they had those shots of the smog, it was all orange. They still make me want to move the way.
1: Yeah, if you didn't have to drive anywhere, it would probably be a pretty cool place to live. Yeah. I don't know. If you had, you know,
0: an infinite supply of money, (laughs) you didn't have to drive anywhere.
1: Yeah. So we have the the shantytown scene, and of course the 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 brawl that never ends. Uh, were there any other scenes that uh, particularly stand out for you, Will?
0: Um, I like how he puts it together. Yeah. At first, because he notices the uh, the TV goes in and out with the guy the quote crazy guy's message, and uh, he notices the preacher is like echoing you know, uh, whatever the TV signal is. Yeah. And, uh, and how he just kind of follows him over and kind of puts it all together. Uh, yeah.
1: That little grocery store that he's in when he finally just figures out that it's people also, and he starts acting out immediately. Yeah. Like he like starts berating that old lady. Yeah. Sure tell us something about you look like your face fell in the cheese dip in 1950 something. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I thought that was kind of funny that he like immediately flies off the handle and just starts going off on total strangers. And
0: and then he kills two cops <laughs> and goes into the bank and shoots a bunch of people.
1: And that's where we get everybody's favorite line. I have come here to uh-huh. t- chew bubble gum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubble gum. Uh, if you ever get in a spot where you have to rob a bank, promise me you'll say that.
2: Oh, it's a given.
1: Yeah, you know. that—that
2: yeah, that, that was his own line.
1: That sounds like a wrestler made it up.
2: <laughs> he had he had all these lines ready for uh you know when they're doing their trash talking and wrestling and yeah uh, that was one of them.
1: That's cool. Nice. Uh, so, um,
0: I think when I first watched this movie, that that was the point when I fell in love with it.
1: So um, <laughs> that delivery was so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just basically says this character has immediately lost his damn mind, and here we go. Uh huh. Well, he takes that that woman hostage from the cable company. And, uh, they're at her house and he's trying to get Holly. her, yeah, Holly, he's trying to get her to try the glasses on now. I gotta say, I dig Meg Foster. She's great. Yeah. Has she ever played a blind woman? Cause her eyes, when you look at them, you're like, oh my God, she's like the master from Kung Fu. She hmm. has
0: crazy colored eyes.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's why she got kicked off of Cagney and Lacey. Oh really? Oh really? Yeah, she uh, apparently because like she looked too fierce, they they did like pilot or something with her. Uh, she looked too fierce, and the executives were worried that people would think she's a lesbian.
1: Oh,
0: oh and yet people thought that anyway.
1: Uh, <laughs> man, that's pretty dumb. Of course, the homophobic '80s. What are you gonna do? Uh yeah. So oh, man. Yeah. I, I can imagine that she would have been like a great, like, blind person in a role because her eyes look like so pale. It just there's very
0: few blind police officers, though.
1: Oh, yeah, that's true. At
0: least on active
2: duty. Yeah, yeah,
1: that would be true.
2: But she did play a witch later.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And uh,
2: what's the Rob Zombie film, Lords uh, of Salem?
1: Was she in that also, yeah, yeah, cause she was in uh, thirty one, I think also if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, which will you haven't watched that yet, have you?
0: You probably never will.
1: <laughs> oh, come on. maybe someday you'll lose a bet.
0: Uh, maybe.
1: I mean, I would rather watch thirty one than Jeepers' Creepers three. I just pulled up her uh, her filmography. And yeah, she did, uh, Lords of Salem and 31, both.
0: Uh, did Rob Zombie direct Jeepers Creepers three?
1: Uh, no, I'm pretty, pretty sure. Well it was.
0: then right there tells you which one I'd watch.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was directed probably by that same guy that has a terrible reputation.
2: No, it wasn't. No? Rob Zombie. They got rid of
1: him. <laughs> no, different, <laughs> different bad reputation.
2: No, it was a different direction on the third
1: one. okay.
2: Okay, but it wasn't Rob Zombie.
1: <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> okay. That's all I care about.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, so good cast. Uh pretty solid story. Um did you guys like the special effects as far as like the, the glasses on and off and then the guys teleport or transporting from the uh from the spaceport or whatever? Yeah. Did that all work for you guys?
0: Yep. Yeah, totally.
1: I feel like it actually aged pretty well because I've seen stuff that was made in the last five years that doesn't look that good.
2: So, there no, we're... yeah, it aged pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, and all, all the black and white stuff, its a lot of it's matte paintings.
0: Oh. Yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah, that
2: would make so sense. It has a good, uh, you know, that's how they pull off that good 50s look.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What if uh, what if what if his character couldn't read though, like the actual Rowdy Roddy? <laughs> <laughs> he just seemed like letters, but he wouldn't know when sad. said.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: Although I think that was all, you know, subliminal.
1: So they don't have a very good network, these aliens, because you blow up that one transmitter, and that's game over, right? Isn't that kind of what we got at the end of this?
2: Yes.
0: Nah, for a little bit. I mean, had-
1: I mean everybody... I was thinking
0: of that today, that this needs a sequel, not a rebate, Is You know, they still live. And they have to explain that all these red and blue aliens with some sort of... Nah, I don't know. Some sort of disease that made people hallucinate and see everyone as an alien. And then it would deal with the you know the rest of the movie would deal with the aliens trying to get people back under control yeah yeah
2: that'd be that'd be more in, that'd be interesting
0: yeah like where do they go from here because they're still there they just are exposed for a bit yeah you know what if they just incorporate themselves into life they don't Go back into hiding. What if that happened? You know. So now we have these. I mean, do they just take off the blinders and say, "Yeah, we've been running the show for a while now."
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Most of you are pretty happy with what we've done, so. uh, <laughs> Yeah.
0: So shut up about it. Yeah. What are you know? What are just, you going to do about uh, it? If they still had the money,
2: yeah, and
0: maybe their leader would be eventually an orange man with mm-hmm. bad hair.
2: Yeah. Yes, that's right. Uh, I was watching it this time, and it's like, uh, well, the uh, the idea of this conspiracy is there's uh, there's actually a conspiracy that's working, and uh, there, there's a plan to it. There's uh, you know there's definite leadership to all the uh, bad stuff that's going on. Whereas if you updated it, you wouldn't. There would be no plan. There, there's no leadership. It's, it's just chaos. Oh, we're in it for ourselves. Don't care about anyone else.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, yeah that's how you'd have to update it
1: Yeah. And I, you know, we've, we've,
2: we've got the money uh, you know and people just line up to sell out yeah I think the, uh, yeah. the actual the actual line in the in the movie where uh, uh one of the people I think it's at the TV station or when, when he when he goes to the dinner I think uh, where he's he's happy about selling out
1: Oh, yeah. He calls it the good and life.
2: The good Yeah,
1: The good life.
2: The good life. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, and he got that line directly from uh, someone, asked, uh, an executive at a studio, saying, oh, yeah, we sell out every day.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> but uh, no problem. No problem. They drove
0: a dump truck full of money to my house. What was I supposed to say?
2: Yeah.
1: Right. If you don't take it, the next guy will. Might as well take that dump truck full of money.
0: Yeah, I think I'm thankfully mi- horror movies at least still have you can still have a horror movie that has this kind of message.
1: Sure. Yeah, and, and it doesn't. Yeah, John all
0: Carpenter's pretty radical sounding, and we have some people now that are fairly radical, and and you get your message out through a horror movie. It's,
1: Well, look at what Jordan Peele has done. Exactly. You know, there's a, there's a great example that you can still do this sort of thing. Um, and, and audiences will love it and you can actually make money doing it and make the next one and the next one. So I hope that we do see more. And then eventually sell out. (laughs) Well, I hope so. (laughs) Eventually live the good life.
0: Uh, He's doing, not to say that Jordan Peele's selling out, but only because he came up in conversation, he is doing a universal monster movie now.
1: No kidding. What's what's the plan? Yeah.
0: Uh, I don't know what he's doing, but um, he evidently signed a deal to do a, a universal monster movie. I don't know if it's the dark universe. If they're still going to do that, no, the, no, the no, new no. <laughs> idea.
1: <laughs> they screwed they, the pooch or, with the mummy.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, but I guess he is signed up for it because he gets a second film of what of his choosing.
1: Awesome. Yeah, give him. So, yeah, give him the the Dracula or Frankenstein um, do over. Anything.
0: I feel like he is doing The Invisible Man
2: No they they did the uh, the Invisible Man did really well um, so Yeah that they, they kind of abandoned the dark universe thing um, But then The Invisible Man came out and it did Really well so they're now they're Saying oh we can have another try So you know, <gasps> The Wolfman Stop
0: it <laughs> Just put out movies Don't worry about tying them all together uh
1: huh, right? Yeah,
0: you know, worry about the one movie. No, I'm,
1: yeah, yeah, one at a time.
0: I'm not worried about breakfast while I'm eating dinner.
1: <laughs> <Right>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let me get through this Tom Cruise <laughs> buffoonery before I subject to more.
1: Oh, the mummy. <sighs>
0: Did you watch that? That's what we were going to watch on the big screen. I think.
1: You know, we we do need to do that. I think. Uh, Yeah.
0: I I can't watch that again.
1: No. Uh, It's kind of Uh it's got to be a one and done. It's just so terrible. Yeah, it
0: was too bad. If it was fun and awful, I would watch it again.
1: I've got that Benicio del Toro Wolfman movie. If you want to watch that, that's a good one. yeah that one's
0: not too
1: bad yeah and it looks good so i would watch that again and again um the mummy with tom cruise not so much uh
0: use the proper title fuck
1: mummy 2017
0: (laughs) (laughs) i think it's 2018 but whatever
1: i thought it was 2017 i could be wrong but doesn't
0: matter. It's, it feels like it was a decade ago, right?
1: Yeah, it feels like we've suffered the knowledge of this existing, and having seen it, it's like PTSD from watching the mummy. Um,
0: yeah, it just seems like it came out so long ago. All
1: right, so let's let's come back around to the, the, the rowdy Roddy Piper throwdown here. Um, between these two movies, obviously you've got one of them with John Carpenter at the helm. And it's based on this short story that, uh, that was pretty remarkable. And here we are with, um, this other one that's obviously lower budget. Uh, most of the cast you haven't heard of, and it's a little cartoonish, a little silly between the two of them. There's not a bad movie here. Um, I
0: thought frog town was a little more believable. (laughs)
1: You know I'd say they're yeah, they're on pretty level ground for believability. Um what do you what do you uh what do you say about this? Like they're kind of I won't say on opposite ends of budget and notoriety, but everybody knows they live and so many people don't know hell comes to Frogtown. Uh how do you feel about the choosing between the two if you had to?
0: Like (laughs)
1: <laughs> like a, for a rewatch, not for the rest of your life. Like one of them has to go.
0: Oh no. I was going to say, you know, it's like <clears throat> classical enshrined movie. The other one to be forgotten and never mentioned
1: again. Yeah. Uh,
0: I think you have to go with it. They live. Although I think I may have enjoyed Frogtown
1: more. <laughs> yeah. They're both really fun. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's hard to pick between the two. And
0: neither one of them was what you would consider like good, but
1: no, you know, but I was watching, They
0: certainly weren't great movies, but they, they are really enjoyable.
1: Yeah. Frogtown. I remember, um, getting up and walking closer to the TV to just see the film grain. It was so weird. (laughs) It was cool. Like it looked good. It didn't look all shaky and shabby. It was like, they, whoever was working on that one looked like they kind of knew what they were doing. Um, yeah, they did. Yeah. Because a lot of times it just, somebody shot something with a camcorder and it looks like garbage or someone didn't know how to use a camera, but that one,
0: I tried to watch a movie this week called Aqua slash. That is a new horror movie. I have seen bits of, it looks fantastically awful. Um, it involves a killer at a water slide park. And, uh, basically I understand it to be 20 minutes of them contriving ways to get people to slide down a slide with knives in it.
1: Uh, big blades. That's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like, Oh, let's come up with a concept that makes people squirm to think about it. Uh, okay. Oh, what a- it is. What else you got? So
0: bad. You could have had a whole slasher movie at the, uh, water park, but they, it didn't go that route, but I didn't get to see it because it's like six bucks and I didn't feel like, you know, uh, paying for it.
1: So I got to ask you guys, um, back when, uh, we had all obviously seen this movie some years ago, they live. Um, when you first started to see shepherd fairy come into popularity, with his obey stuff. Did you think at the time, make that, did you make that connection at the time? I did not. Yeah. Jolian, you did.
2: Yeah. That's I've, pretty obvious. And he, he credits
1: it. Well, he finally does now. Cause in the beginning he didn't say much, like he wouldn't cop to it, but I picked up on it. Cause I had probably seen this movie six times before I ever saw Shepard Fairey's work. And, uh, it was like, Obey, huh? I wonder if he got that from They Live. Oh, well.
2: yeah,
1: he didn't, It didn't look like They Live, so well, okay.
0: That's why I didn't make the connection, is that I think I was trying to connect it to Andre the Giant.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: He had Andre the Giant, his work all the time, and Obey was usually connected to that image, at least that I saw. Yeah, and so I never, I never made him, I never made that connection to uh, the Carpenter film, even though you know I watched it numerous times.
1: Did you, did you ever hear the story behind where he came up with the uh, Andre the Giant face, uh, the whole, the sticker, and all that stuff?
0: I did at some point, but I no longer remember it.
1: If I remember it correctly, he had a friend over in his in his uh, art studio, and. Uh, He's like, well, how do you, how do you make, you know, the stickers, what do you do? And I think he just said, okay, let's paste something up. And he just did a paste up where he took a picture of Andre the giant and he put some text on it. Andre, the giant has a posse and whatever. And, um, he just slapped it together and then, uh, showed his friend how to, you know, burn a screen and print a sticker or whatever the deal was. And, uh, it just kind of took a life of its own after that. Um, there's some version of it that's like that, um, <clears throat> that he told. And I thought that was kind of cool. Like just him, him messing around and came up with an idea that just really that's, stuck.
0: That's not how I remember. I remember him saying that his friend beat him up in an alley and made him wear glasses. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: He did not want to wear no. Because they were kind of nerdy.
1: Yeah. But his glasses were in the backpack, which was soaked with dumpster juice. So he couldn't put those <laughs> oh, on. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, God. Dumpster juice. The worst of all juices. <laughs> mm, so, with um, yeah. So, Jolien, do, do you feel like you have to pick between the two movies? Are you. Or now that you have. Well,
2: I, I did, and you know what one I watched.
1: Yeah, I guess that's true.
2: Uh, these, yeah. these are like a good double bill if you want to do a Roddy Piper evening.
1: Yeah.
2: Exactly. It, uh, it's it'd a, the be a tag fun team. fun evening.
1: Yeah. Are there any other movies with famous wrestlers in them? There's got, <laughs> there's, there's got to be, right?
0: <laughs> Suburban Commando with Hulk Hogan. Oh,
1: God. No.
2: <laughs> Santo.
1: Oh yeah that's true Santo
2: yeah. movies yeah there's
1: a whole mess of those that's true Tor Johnson yeah yeah plan nine from outer space thank you very much um yeah I would say if, if I have if I have to pick between the two of these and you don't have to but I, I think they live is obviously the better movie but I was super surprised by how much I enjoyed Hell comes to Frogtown. So. Yeah,
0: that's why I picked it. Even though it wasn't horror, it was horror in a way. But uh, you got people being I, I just enjoyed it and was like, ah, people need to see this.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and uh, this this came out after They Live, which is kind of weird because you you would think that man he could have gone like, I don't know, was it the same year? Was it the same year?
2: Same year. They what? Live was 88.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. And so was Frogtown. Yep. Sorry. Okay.
1: I just I just checked that as I was saying it. For some reason, I was thinking Frogtown was a little earlier. or Wow. Okay. Well, that's interesting. So he, so he really spiked. His career really went with Skyrocketing Yeah, for about a year there. Yeah,
2: yeah I, I've seen a couple of his other films. I can't remember them. But, yeah, I wish he'd, he'd been a lot more.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He, he was a lot of fun to watch. So, uh, and, uh,
2: made Foster as well. They're, they're great. Coupled together. Cause it's kind of unlikely. Yeah. And they're different classes and everything. Uh, but yeah, I love the scene where he goes back to her apartment and, uh, she clocks him. And yeah. Yeah. She's so cool.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I and
2: had she, forgotten she, all about that scene. She's got all these, you know, you can tell she's got all these mixed feelings going on with. Uh, she doesn't overplay it at all, but, you know, she's obviously got several things going on in her mind. And then she yeah. does that great, like, startling shot. Yeah. She whacks him.
1: Yeah, she just wants to get away from him because she's pretty sure he's crazy. But crazy or not, he's right. You know, the glasses work.
2: Yeah, that's, that's one of the interesting things to, to watch is that, uh, you know, he he is this, this mad gunman who's like massacring people in public. Yeah. You know, one of the, the great bogeymen of U.S. culture. But he's the hero.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you can be both.
0: <laughs> now, did she go to the meeting? I assume she put the glasses on. Did she go to the meeting to infiltrate?
2: Well, I say, you know, when did, it's like the thing, when did she become, when did she join up the other side? Yeah. she At the meeting, she seems to have put on the glasses in the meantime and and believed him. But then, uh, of course, it takes another turn towards the end.
1: Yeah. Yeah, this this one, um, I feel like I kind of want to own this on Blu-ray.
2: Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll go good uh, Blu-ray of this.
1: Cool. So it is out there.
0: Mhm.
2: Yeah, but w- yeah. watching watching her, you know, she's got those beautiful features and and she, that that uh, poise and uh, the, the calmness about her. You could just drop her into film noir and she'd look fantastic.
1: Oh yeah,
2: yeah, she would.
1: That would be cool. Yeah,
2: she she'd been born uh, a lot earlier. Yeah.
1: Awesome. well, um shall we wrap it all up and uh, that'll come in under ninety minutes, will so it can be about anything we want.
0: Okay. <laughs> right. I'm thinking of establishing maybe a a time bank where I would store up minutes when the movie's shorter, mm. so I could then watch longer movies.
1: Oh, it's like mm-hmm. a, it's like a carbon footprint. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> sure. Yeah, so if you watch a bunch of 70-minute uh, noirs, then you can you can watch something that's two hours long.
2: hmm Yeah.
0: I can finally work up to watching The Hateful Eight, which <laughs> I understand is 16 and a half hours long. Yeah, it right. shows
2: like it. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Quentin Tarantino comes to your house and acts out certain scenes for you.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, I could see that. All right, well, I have no idea what we're doing next week, but we'll pick something awesome, I'm sure. I think it's my turn, isn't it?
0: Yes. <laughs> uh, I want to watch uh, The Vast, Vast of Night.
1: Oh, yeah, that, that was one I mentioned uh, last week or week before.
2: Yeah. Vast of Night.
1: Yeah. Um, that one, I'd say it's certainly worth a look. Uh, you You may love it, you may hate it, but I think you should at least have a look at it.
0: It's on Prime, so.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And
0: it's, a, it's. Yeah.
1: Yeah, there's a there's an aesthetic about it that reminds me of Pleasantville, and it's not at all like Pleasantville, but it is. It's uh, set in the late '50s, if I remember right. But yeah, you definitely. Yeah, you it
0: definitely, looked uh, it looked interesting, so.
1: Yeah. I think you'll like. I it. I went
0: and looked it up after you talked about it because you talk, you mentioned
1: the. Look. Yeah, and, and yeah. Watch Stuffed. Don't But forget. I tried to watch
0: it the other night, and I couldn't. I couldn't watch it. It wouldn't play for whatever reason. I watched something else. I don't remember what I watched, but
1: it's so oh, weird. I think I
0: watched Deadly Duo.
1: Yeah, stuff doesn't want to work sometimes.
0: Yeah, it's like too many people watching it. What's going on
1: here? Yeah, I thought y'all were watching Hamilton. Stay <laughs> stay out of our yeah. sci-fi stuff. Um. Alright, well let's uh let's call it a show and get out of here and uh and and I really hope that uh we we have something awesome for next week.
0: Yeah, because next week we'll be here to chew bubblegum and kick ass.
1: Yeah. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm all out of bubblegum.
0: Or we will be
1: <laughs> by next week. <laughs> Listeners, thank, all right. thank you for listening.
0: Stay off the more.